You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also by Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and Snow Dog products. Old man winners ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591 or find them on the web at PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Welcome, my sports children. It is me, Jimmy Shorts, sports god, and it is week number five in football. Chicago and Oakland fly over the pond, the Atlantic, and play in London, England. Injury report. Chicago Mitch Trubisky, he injured his left shoulder last week. He ain't playing this weekend in London. Chicago, we all felt better when we saw Mitch leave the field and chase Daniels. You weren't sure, but after after a while, the kid's got an arm. He helped beat Minnesota. I mean, the whole offensive line looked great. The defense, how great were they? And they got to rest for a change. London is calling for Chicago to win big this week. Oakland is a joke. Take Chicago to win. Bet the under. This battle in Britain belongs to Chicago. Four, three, two, one. Cue music. And now, here we go, maniacs. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. That's good. Into the fray we travel with episode 147. The Dan Marino episode. Oh, I know him from Ace Ventura. Of course. Great actor. (laughs) Oh, he was also a pretty fair quarterback back in the day and won 147 games in the National Football League. Although he never won a Super Bowl with the Miami Dolphins. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. That's kind of his uh, claim to infamy. What's the closest he came? He played in the Super Bowl. He is uh, either his first or second year. They lost to the Redskins. And after that, he never got back. Mm. Well, since you're talking about the pigskin, let's start there on the high school level. Corey, this is probably the best night of high school football matchups we've had all season long. And we will be down at the Rock Pile tonight. The Northern Lakes Conference lead on the line between Concord and Plymouth. 
Tell you what, if the game is as close as the coach's sound bites, we're in for a treat. Most importantly, on defense, we got to make them keep snapping it. I think the key is to make them punt the football. We charted it. I can't remember the number, but the number of plays they have over 15 yards is it's astronomical. Find a way to score on them. They, they have a really stingy defense. Um, we're plus 15 in the turnover margin. You know, we're, we're plus 12 in the turnover ratio. They have a really good guy throwing it. And they have a bunch of good guys catching it. They're not just throwing to one or two guys. They're just distributing that ball across the board to all their teammates. Something like from mid-2000s to, to like 15, it was either Concord or Plymouth that won this conference every year. Um, and there's been some unbelievably competitive games between the two of us. Our kids just, Plymouth and Concord just have always kind of gotten after it. Um, I think that's continued with Craig. I mean, Craig's kids play at a high level. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think the... Concord Plymouth thing has always kind of been a football kind of thing. Sports Jack! Two teams that like to throw the ball around a lot. Uh, two offenses with great playmakers. Two defenses that create a lot of turnovers. Man, this should be a fun one to watch. You can watch it live on Facebook on the 46 Sports page at 7. And, of course, as you've done for the last 30 years on TV 46 tonight, 11 tomorrow morning at 9. So that's for first place in the Northern Lakes. Side note. Great video editing and quality uh, content on that one. Thank you. I thought that was good. Appreciate that. Uh, tonight in the NIC, the big game has Penn going to New Prairie. We touched on this game a little bit on Wednesday. Penn is 3-3. Three and three. Their three losses have come to elite teams. Their three wins have been over nobodies. New Prairie 6-0, ranked number one in Class 4A. Embarrassed by Penn at TCU Freed Field last year. They want to get a piece of the Kingsmen. They want to have their first win over the big dogs. Can they do it? Expect a standing room only crowd at Amzie Miller Field tonight over in New Carlisle. I voted for uh, New Carlisle on your Twitter at 46 Sports. We have polls up for many of these matchups that I'm going over. In the Hoosier North Athletic Conference, Knox is ranked number eight in Class 3A, but they have to go down to Royal Center tonight and take on Adam Barry's Pioneer team. And all Pioneer has done in the Adam Barry four-year era is go 49-2. and They lost their opener this year to Lewis Cass, which looks like the dominant team in Class 2A this year. And then since then, they have been rolling. Pioneer scoring 50 points a game. Knox only gives up nine points a game. Something's got to give, Corey, and it will tonight down in Royal Center. Big game in the Three Rivers Conference. Tippecanoe Valley goes down to Maconaqua Valley 5-1. and one. The Braves of Maconaqua 4-2, but the Braves have been on a bit of an offensive roll lately. They've averaged 46 points a game their last four games. Can Stephen Moriarty's Vikings go down there and plunder out a win? We shall find out in the TRC. And then... You go up into the state of Michigan. First of all, looking forward to going up to Edwardsburg today. It's homecoming up in the land of the Eddies. They've asked me to come judge the floats. So I'm going to go do that uh, around noontime. Did you ever make a float in high school? Never did. We didn't have homecoming. Oh, you didn't? No, no. Years and years ago, Elkhart had homecomings. Then in the late 60s, they became somewhat racially charged, as many things did in the late 60s. Hmm. And they took away homecoming, and it did not come back while I was in school, at least. I worked on a homecoming float all four years. Which was your favorite? Junior year. Okay, what was it? 
Uh, I don't know, but it was fun. We were all getting along. It was a, you know, well, okay. senior year we were kind of already checked out. Sure. <laughs> Wanted to go do other things, but junior year was fun. I do remember that. So the Eddies have played well tonight. The two battles of the unbeatens, one is in the Southwest 10. Kissopolis 5-0 and goes to White Pigeon 5-0. and Kissopolis ranked number six in Division 7. White Pigeon number four in Division 8. Kissopolis has that really stingy defense. They gave up their first points of the season last week. Just 11 points all year is what Kissopolis has given up. Can White Pigeon find a way to dent that Kissopolis offense? Pause button. Are we dealing with the Mosquitoes? Do we play early tonight? We do up in southwest Michigan. Kissopolis White Pigeon, a 5 o'clock kickoff. Mm. And then you've got Martin at Bridgman, the 63rd homecoming ceremony for the Bridgman Bees. <laughs> and they will take on Martin, both of those teams, 5-0, and in a little old eight-man football game. That should be a lot of fun up on the shores of Lake Michigan. I learned to swim in the Bridgman pool. Did you? Yeah, our church yeah. camp is right next to the high school, and that's where we would uh, go swim. You know what they call that pool? Give it to me. The Aqua Hive. Oh, it was a huge pool. In my mind, at that age, it was a ginormous pool. It's probably pretty good size. High dive. And yeah. you know why? Because? It's an aqua high. Thank you. <laughs> hey, uh, favorite Robin Williams movie. Go. Good morning, Vietnam. You and me both. Later in the show, the manager of Robin Williams, and he's still in charge of his foundation and um, stuff. Got out a new DVD set that they sent to me, Chuck. Oh, oh so that's going to be in the pop culture. So do we have two interviews today? We do. Wow. We want it, We double barrel loaded. Then I better be quick going over the college football, which shouldn't be a problem. You're because, good. <laughs> because my idea of the 46 game of the week is the high school game that we do. Not the point spread on Notre Dame Bowling Green, but that's what it is, kids. The Irish, a 46-point favorite tomorrow over the Falcons of Bowling Green. I implore you to tune in anyway to Countdown to Kickoff at 2.30 on WNDU as I slog my way through the hour. What are you working on? What do you What do you got up your sleeve? I've got a piece on how the defense has improved and why it has improved since Brian Van Gorder left Notre Dame. He's now the defensive coordinator at Bowling Green. He was fired at Notre Dame. What is the biggest difference between Brian Van Gorder and Clark Lee? You'll find out if you watch Countdown to Kickoff tomorrow. If you're a longtime fan of the Chuck Freebie experience, you'll know that today is the anniversary of the Sir Mix-A-Lot video. Five years ago today. <laughs> you like that one? What was it? Defense got back or no? Uh, offense get uh, back? Uh, the defense needs to get back. Get I back. like big plays and I cannot lie. Yes. And I loved... Jeff's uh, re reaction and Ange are just about falling out of the chair. Yes. Was that the first time both of them saw that? Uh, yes. Oh, that's yes, perfect. Yes, it was. That's good stuff. So. 13,000 views. Apparently people enjoyed it. Pause button on college football. I saw this in the paper before you got in. A paid advertisement giving a pretty descriptive blah, 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 blah about the Notre Dame game. Brought to you by Bet Indiana. Betting now legal, apparently, in yes. our state. Yes, it is. Your thoughts on stuff like this? Well, it does not surprise me one iota that the newspaper would accept that. I know that the TV stations are, are getting besieged by places like FanDuel and uh, what's the other one that 
uh, besides FanDuel. There, there's another. This is all new to me, so I, I don't. There's another gambling type of operation uh, that you know is trying to get people to to place bets mm. now that it's legal in the state of Indiana. To me, that's literally like throwing your money into the fire. I agree, but you know there are some people that really enjoy the thrill of it. Ugh. Well, I don't have enough money to gamble. <laughs> There's that. Welcome to Christian Radio and TV broadcasting. So, uh, anyway, Notre Dame Bowling Green tomorrow at the stadium. 340 for the kickoff on that one. Prediction? Oh, the Irish will. (laughs) I I believe the Irish will cover the spread if you're into the game. No, I'm in on how many hot dogs you're going to have tomorrow. Well, no, the question is for you. Will you even show up for that game? Uh, You know, you've gone out of your way to be uh, helpful for me, and I think I, I more than likely will. It's it's not a requirement. No. Attendance is not taken. You're welcome, though, to, to partake. Uh, let me tell you this. If there were some smart TV writers, they ought to plant themselves in a press box on the weekend, and there's a show there. There is a show to be had. There is. With your kind. What what, what do you think of my kind? What, what do you like? What don't you like? Uh, I like you because <laughs> I, uh, you. I like your humor, and you... You are really good at calling it down the line. You you are very neutral. Um, even though you're sitting in a Notre Dame press box, you tell it like it is. Then you got some people that are kind of know-it-all-ish, and I kind of cringe when they start talking, and they, they kind of need to know their spot or maybe where the sentence ends instead of kind of going on and on and on and on. And then, uh, you know, you got me up there. I'm just there for the chili. Then you got... The chili's uh, pretty good. It really is. Yeah. The Brunswick soup uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to. Really? You yeah, like I, that? I enjoyed it, yeah. Okay. Then there's some that uh, I find hard to believe that they're a little bit lower on the food chain than me that are there. Oh, McGill. <laughs> <laughs> Person two seats to my right. But more importantly, no, it's a... It's, uh, it's a fascinating group of people, and it's it's a show. It's the West Wing of sports. Well, and then you've got so you've got all the broadcast people down on row one. Then you've got your print people up there on row two, and your I don't writers. Know, I don't know how much you hear or interact with any of them. I don't. I don't hear much. Okay. I do know that I'd like to bring the noise on this show with some Tom Noy. Well, I think we can arrange that perhaps after the USC game. All right. He's a very busy man. But he'll make time for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we left off with Notre Dame Bowling Green. Let's jump back into the fray with another game that probably won't be that close, and that's Purdue and Penn State. I don't know how you give Purdue any kind of chance without Elijah Sindelar and Rondale Moore. I really don't. So, And you go into Happy Valley on the road, taking on the number 12 team. They're ranked number 12 for a reason because they're really good. Um, I, I don't see Purdue having much chance in that game, but... Worth listening to on Pulse FM tomorrow at noon. Two big games for the Michigan teams. Michigan is at home. Here come the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're ranked number 14. Michigan ranked number 19. So a top 20 showdown in Ann Arbor. That's a noon kickoff. That's on the Fox game of the week. And then uh, the night game, the Saturday night game on ABC has Michigan State going to Ohio State. Now, Mark D'Antonio is known as a really good defensive coach. Can he come up with any kind of defensive game plan to stop this Buckeye juggernaut that is scoring about 50 points a game? So those are the 
the ones to keep an eye on here in the Midwest. How good are they? Are they number three good? Well, they're ranked number four, and I I would put them in the top four right now. My top four would be Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Ohio State. Okay. Now, I think LSU is really close, and I think LSU might be able to beat one of those teams on any given Saturday. But if I had to make a top four right now, those would be my top four in college football. Okay. Tell me about this interview we're going to talk to, this guy that wrote a book. Well, we are getting ready to hear from Kirk McKnight with the baseball playoffs uh, now underway. We had St. Louis beating Atlanta last night by a count of 7-6. to six. The Dodgers shut out Washington 6 nothing. The American League playoffs start tonight. We want to talk to Kirk. He has a book out called The Voices of Baseball that he's going to tell us about. And he also has a new book coming out about the former Atlanta Brave slugger Dale Murphy, who was something of a childhood hero for him. So let's dial up the phone now and see if we can get Kirk on the line. Pleased to be joined on the Yak by Kirk McKnight. Kirk has been the author of three sports books, uh, one Voices of Hockey, another Voices of Major League Baseball, and he's got a new one coming out about Dale Murphy. And Kirk, thanks for joining us today on the Yak. How'd you get started as a sports author? Well, I've always been passionate about sports, and I've always liked writing. I used to actually be like a screenwriter. Uh, I don't want to say that was like a title so much because I never had one produced. So I guess you'd say a starving screenwriter or aspiring screenwriter. And uh, it just wasn't it just wasn't happening. I mean, it's a it's a tough business. It's a tough field. People I don't like to really associate with a lot of times they're, you know, they're rude, they're crass. And so I kind of I kind of switched gears in 2013, I believe it was, when I came up with an idea, and I had some friends in the publishing business, and I asked them what they thought of this idea of basically giving a ballpark tour of baseball through the broadcaster's perspective, and they thought it was a great idea, and so it it lifted off from there, and that's where the voices of baseball came, and then the voices of hockey came because I had already started establishing contacts with broadcasters all across baseball. I figured I might as well do it with hockey and started getting stories from all the hockey broadcasters. So it's basically, you know, I guess you could say I'd like to tell stories, but there's storytellers out there who tell it so much better with their voices and their words. So I like to use their experiences and their vernacular to paint pictures for people. And that's that's kind of what I do in my books is let the broadcasters tell the story and then just kind of add a little to it on the end. Corey and I are always curious about how people gain access to somebody. How difficult was it for you to gain access to these broadcasters? It can be difficult times. It can also be as simple as just reaching out through their uh, media relations rep for the team. It just depends. And uh, some, you know, I was shot down a couple times out of both books, which is fine. For the most part, I was accepted by the broadcasters in most books. I mean, I've talked to over 80 of them. So, I mean, I don't want to say it's an arduous process because they're just such nice, graceful people, or gracious might be the word, and uh, talking to them is honestly not nearly as hard as you might think. They're just nice people. They always like to lend a hand, tell a story. 
It might also have to do with the subject matter. Maybe maybe it's the subject matter that that made them interested in it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do a let's do a let's do a ballpark history. Let's do that. That sounds good. Let's pay homage to the voices of the past. You know, it's just maybe it just is all depending on what you're selling. But they are pretty gracious people, and they're very nice, and and honestly, just good to be around and talk to, and always willing to kind of spend some time. They're very diplomatic, and so. When you come across that, a lot of times it really is just a matter of getting through the door through their media relations reps. Then that's where you can honestly get the stiff arm more of the times than the actual broadcasters themselves. Kirk, I'm sitting next to a broadcast legend in his own right, a Hall of Famer here locally, a, a local treasure. Oh, please. And I would consider it a joy talking to this guy. Of the 80 that you talked to, and I know a name will pop up, who was an absolute joy after the process was done of talking to one of these broadcasters? Who who was like, wow, now that was something? You can't go wrong with talking with Vince Scully. No kidding. I mean, he's, he's the man. He's the broadcast legend across all four sports. He is, he is the Aslan of broadcasters in the Narnia world. John Miller is also one who was an absolute pleasure just because these two guys I've listened to all my life and being able to speak with them one-on-one on the phone. Uh, John, I actually spoke with on the phone on two or three occasions because he helped out with two different chapters of my Voices of Baseball book. But just those 30 minutes talking with Vince Goley are, you know, that's 30 minutes I will never, ever, ever forget. Oh, I can imagine. That had to be a thrill. And, of course, Miller with the Orioles and then the Giants, so I can understand uh, where he would help you with two teams. And I understand John Miller had a great story about former President Clinton being in the booth. So that's the day that Cal Ripken Jr., by the time that the game reached the fifth inning, that was the game that Cal Ripken Jr. officially passed Lou Gehrig on the consecutive games played. So Clinton... This was before the Nationals came to town. This was about 10 years before the Nationals came to D.C. So the only town, the only team in that area, that was the Orioles. That was it. So that that was kind of D.C. repping right there. And obviously it was on everybody's mind. It had been on everybody's mind from two seasons out because the record was getting there. And, and so it was center stage. So, of course, Bill Clinton was in the booth talking and, of course, Cal Ripken Jr., to just put the uh, silver bow on this day, hits a home run. And Clinton is sitting there, and John Miller obviously wants to make this call, but Bill Clinton, the, the you know <laughs> commander-in-chief, is actually going cheering and going, yeah, go, go, and just shouting it down, basically clouding out any call that John Miller might make. And, and of course, you know, John Miller was as peeved as he could be, I guess, soft-spoken guy you know and and he thought about it and he's like well actually that was pretty much the way this story should have gone you know the president of the united states leading the cheers on the radio for cal ripkin jr he says you know what am i going to do am i going to send a letter to the white house saying uh, <laughs> don't bring bill clinton back into the booth he has no radio etiquette but you know he said that was the way it should have been and that was the way it was meant to be so he was a good sport about it <laughs> Well, you are working on a new book about Dale Murphy, and for those who aren't familiar, Dale Murphy, two-time National League MVP, was really the start of the Atlanta Braves dynasty when he uh, started playing back in the early 80s as a Braves outfielder. 
at that point, you were just a, a wee lad growing up. Uh, what was it that attracted you to Dale Murphy? Well, I could tell you it was the TBS Superstation. I'm a TBS kid, as they call us. That was the team who was on. That was the team that you watched, and that was their star. Now, my family, you know, Dale's wife is from a small town in Utah where a lot of my family is from. So, of course, they, they cheered Dale for another reason, and, and those are the reasons. But, you know, when you're six years old, you're not paying attention to those kinds of things. You're just paying attention to the guy on the screen. So... It was fun for me to watch somebody like that. And when you're a kid, if you, if a guy hits a home run, then he's the that's that's all that matters. You, you're not looking at one hitters, no hitters. You're, you're not looking at 300 strikeout pitchers. You're looking at home run hitters. So that was for me, Del Murphy, and that was who I tuned into every day on TBS. And he was the soundtrack and the uh, the mixtape of my baseball youth, basically. Have you had an opportunity to speak to him since writing this book? He's very grateful for the book. His family's very grateful. His son has offered to people on Twitter to buy a copy for anybody interested. So, you know, I do have the support from the Murphy family and kind of like at an arm's length when it comes to Dale himself. And the basic gist, the basic point of the book is, whereas a lot of people from that era of the 80s and 90s were taking supplements to help their performance, performance-enhancing drugs, Dale Murphy was as clean as a glass of whole milk. That's right. And he still put out the stats that he did, considering the teams that he played on. The Braves hadn't quite arrived as that team just yet. And it was in 91, the year after they traded him, that they started that unprecedented run of 14 straight division titles. So, I mean, the Braves were not a team that uh, you really worried about when you saw them on your schedule. And, and Dell being able to put up the stats that he did was, in and of itself, I feel like he, he contributed so much to be a Hall of Famer. But some of these stats that fall short in the eyes of the voters, like the RBIs and the runs, well, that had a lot to do with the supporting cast, which was not around. And so those kinds of things are, are, are what the book kind of argues that uh, – uh, perhaps this time around, you know, with the Modern Era Committee, people can take into account the fact that maybe he doesn't have 1,500 RBIs because 54% of the time he came up with the bases empty or 79% of the time or 71% of the time he reached base, he never scored. And so <laughs> those stats will really come up short in the long run, especially over 18 years. So those are some of the things that I point out to in the book. I'm not going to have you diss Bruce Benedict and Glenn Mother Hubbard and Larvell Blanks here. Come on. (laughs) And the other Braves of the uh, 70s and 80s. Hey, Kirk, you're a baseball fan. Who are your picks to make the series? Braves to make the National League and Astros to basically not even lose a game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are. They're a bit loaded in pitching. Hey, Kirk, uh, we appreciate your time, continued success with your writing, and thanks for sharing some of your stories with us today. Thanks, guys. You can find the book on Amazon. Sports Yak! Sports Yak, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Follow the Yak on Twitter at Sports Yak with two Ks, but the second K is silent. I think that book is officially out and available. You are correct. I think it came out in August. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it doesn't it cost much. It's on Kindle. Yeah, like two and I bucks. Think you can get it for two, two ninety nine or, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. There you go.
So we appreciate Kirk being on the – I don't know if uh, if you picked up on this or not, but Kirk hails from Las Vegas. Very early for him to join us on the show, so we appreciate that. Parking cars for, what, over a decade? Yeah, and apparently makes a good living, although Uber has cut into the industry, I'm sure. We uh, This is the Dan Marino episode. Speaking of big-time quarterbacks, did I read that Tom Brady might break a pretty big record this weekend? Yard-wise, I think he's got Favre and Peyton ahead of him, but he might surpass them this weekend. Oh, okay. I haven't been paying that much attention to Brady. I kind of focus on our local teams here. Yes. So uh, we know that the Bears are over in London. They finally arrived this morning. They get ready to play the Raiders on Sunday. Do you know where they're playing at over there? Uh, They're playing at the home of the Tottenham Spurs. Okay. And uh, the Bears, of course, playing without Mitch Trubisky. He's got the dislocated shoulder. So Chase Daniel is the quarterback this week. But a lot of eyes are going to be on Khalil Mack. Remember, John Gruden and the Raiders said, Khalil Mack just doesn't fit in here. We can't have him. So he goes to the Bears, and he leads the world in strip sacks, knocking the ball away from quarterbacks for the last two years since he's come to Chicago. He's a superstar. And if you don't think he wants to put on a show in front of John Gruden on Sunday, then you don't know Khalil Mack. He's going to put on tea time. Get it because London, but T stands for tackle. You can use that if you want. Or not. And then you've got the Raiders, who looked pretty good against the Colts last week, went into Indianapolis, got a big win on the road. They're 2-2. Two and two. Can they harass Chase Daniel enough and cause him some trouble? Uh, we'll see what John Gruden and that Chucky smile of his, the former South Bend Clay quarterback, can get going for the Bears. That should be a fun watch Sunday afternoon. What time? That's an early game. That's a 1 o'clock game. Okay. Meanwhile, the Colts have the Sunday night game on NBC, and all they got to do is figure out a way with all their injuries to handle Mahomey, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, when you said meanwhile, I went way back to Scooby-Doo. Can you Scooby-Doo that meanwhile for me one more time? Meanwhile. (laughs) Meanwhile. Or maybe it was Justice League. Meanwhile. It was Justice League. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Justice League, you went to see uh, one of the anti-justice people last night. Wow. Which, I mean, I guess that says a lot about where we are right now as a culture, too. In that the anti-hero, the anti-hero is now the person of interest. And so you went to see this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie on the first possible night that you could. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the experience. Packed theater and a packed theater on a movie like that. It's going to be kind of my kind of people, comic booky, pop culture, Mm -hmm. super nerds. Um, You don't know when to laugh. You, th- you think you're supposed to, but it's awkward. Right. It is a, uh, I've separated it into two camps. Let's go performance and you're into the art and the craft. By the way, if you're wondering, yes, he is eating smoothie mix while he talks to you during the podcast because he wants you to feel like you're right in here right with in us. Here. I didn't eat anything this morning. Okay. Um. I think he'll win an Oscar. Oh, I'm. I'm, I'm given putting it all, out there. Given all the hype over the movie, 
and the difficulty of the role. Oh, Chuck. Yeah. I think he'll win an Oscar. From a, it's not a comic book movie. It is a horror horror thriller drama which is why I won't be there of a man uh in the perfect downward spiral unraveling into insanity see I don't need to see that on film I live it every day <laughs> I'd say who but there's so many names you could choose from it's something it's a dark 70s vibe taxi driver old hill street blues episode and uh, they mess with the canon of the Joker Batman story a little bit, but uh, it's something. It is, something. and the soundtrack is this Icelandic lady named Gildur something, and it's perfectly fit with, you know, they they pull out the sending the clouds. So it's well edited, well edited, perfect choice of music, but it's it's creepy, it's tense, it's. You feel like something's about to happen, and then it does. It's it's something. Will I take my 12-year-old or let him? No way. No. No, no. way. And he stayed up and waited for me, and he asked. And I said, pal, I love you too much, but you're not ready for what this is. Yeah. Just not. No. And then, of course, he had mom come after me, and I said, he's not ready for what this is. So yeah, leave the kids at home if you're going to go see this. One. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. So you were talking movies earlier with uh, Robin Williams. Oh, my goodness. The Mann family loves Robin Williams. The 12-year-old loves RV. Oh, I like that movie, too. The 22-year-old loves the original Jumanji. Okay. Debbie loves Mrs. Doubtfire. Good, Phil. Uh, The reason I'm sitting here, a huge reason, is Good Morning Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I I came from St. Joe to... University Park Mall to see that because it wasn't playing up in my neck of the woods. And, uh, dude, I fell in love. And I was like, I want to do what that guy does. So give us a few seconds here, and uh, we're going to talk to Robin Williams' manager. His name's David Steinberg. And uh, I got a few questions for him, and we'll talk about this new DVD that's, if you're a Robin Williams fan, uh, you should probably have this under the Christmas tree coming up this December. Stand-up is survival. For me, that's jazz. That's what I have to do. Robin was like nothing I'd ever seen. He stood out in a way that nobody else did. I don't tell jokes. I just use characters as a vehicle for me. Esmeralda, why do you only visit me on certain days? On stage, he was the master. If you look at a platypus, I think you might think that God might be stunned. The God's up there in heaven going, okay, let's take a beaver. Let's put on a duck's bill, okay? He was really comfortable on stage. Off stage, I just felt he was holding himself together. David, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, Corey? Great to speak with you. When I was reading through your uh, resume and accolades, David, three words shot up on my screen that said, good morning, Vietnam. And I said, if I get a chance to talk to somebody that had something to do with that movie, I want to say thank you out loud and in person. That is the reason why I've been doing what I've been doing for 30 years because of that film. So thank you. Well, thank you. Robin had a great time making it. He he really got into the role. You know, the film was developed by a partner of mine, Larry Bresner, and uh, we managed Robin uh, at that time as we did his whole career. And 
the movie wasn't even written for Robin Williams. Robin came into the office, and we were just fooling around one day, and he saw all the notes on on uh, a big poster board in the office because we were trying to figure out what the movie would be, you know, the scenes and everything. And Rob says, wow, that looks great. Uh, who's doing that? Can I do that? And uh, that's how he came to Good Morning Vietnam. And it, it really changed Robin's life. Uh, he was a big fan of the military. And this gave him a chance to really test the waters. So, yeah, it was. I thank you. I think it was a great movie, too. Sitting around with my family at dinner talking about the opportunity to talk to you, we kind of went around the table. I've got a 22-year-old, and she said, original Jumanji. I've got a 12-year-old that said, RV. My wife said, Mrs. Doubtfire, and I said, good morning, Vietnam. David, he was so great. You were so great at picking something, something for everyone in his career. I think that's giving me a little too much credit. You know the ones, uh, the ones that are great. I'll take all the credit for. <laughs> but you know, you look at a movie, and there's a lot of different reasons that that you make uh, before you decide to do a movie. Uh, is it a character you like? Do you like the story? Uh, is it an interesting place to be? Is it something a subject matter that interests you? There's so many different things, and everyone's uh, state of mind at throughout their life is different. So Robin uh, <laughs> Robin was very playful. And he was a kid through his whole life. And so Jumanji really fascinated him. And he also loved playing games. You know, he's he was a, kind of a totally self-taught in terms of his comedy. And uh, his mind was able to travel to places that most people's minds couldn't go. So, yeah, there were some interesting choices in, uh, uh, in what Robin did. As you can see, the television specials that we did for HBO, you know, we used to be on the road for a few months at a time uh, while he was writing those things, while he was performing them in comedy clubs. This DVD, uh, Robin Williams' Comedic wow. Genius, here's what I love about the deluxe edition, is the late-night appearances. David, was there anybody that was afraid of him when he came on? Because I know it was just like you never knew what you were going to get, but was there anyone that was like, are you sure this is going to be okay? The first time, if you watch uh, one of the Johnny Carson appearances, I forget which one it is, but the, the first one that's on there was the first time he did that show. And as it looks like Carson is a little bit startled, and kind of got out of Robin's way, and it looked like he just didn't want to get anything out of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just didn't want to get hurt. Everybody so respected Robin's energy and genius and command of, of the stage that, uh, and over the years, you know, he really developed a trust. Robin never was nasty or vicious to anyone. He was having a good time, and everybody... Uh, I think everybody thought he was America's best guest. You know, he was the first phone call uh, that went out from whenever anybody was doing something. Get me Robin. Can we have Robin? People trusted him. In the beginning, we were, you know, more taken aback, but they trusted him. He wasn't going to do anything wrong. How much do you miss him as a friend? I miss him every day. I miss him every day, and we took a while to put this thing together. And when we were doing it, uh, I looked at everything. And you know what? It was so bittersweet, but in a very macabre way, it was almost like having him alive again. Because we used to talk every day, and 
it was difficult, but really, really freeing. I loved seeing all the stuff we'd been through, remembering a lot of the stories from as we were preparing to do the shows and uh, remembering my calls, because I did all the pre-interviews with the uh, different television shows. Robin didn't want to know the surprises. And it was just, it brought it all back to life for me. I got to live my life twice. David, of the five HBO stand-up specials, is there one that stands out more than another? Like, is there a, if you're going to go watch one of them, here's the one you need to watch? Uh, I guess I would say, well, there's great stuff at all of them. He created that. Uh, the golf bit in uh, one of the shows from New York, and he, uh, I guess, live at the Met would be, that was pretty remarkable when we came up with the thought of him performing at the Metropolitan Alpha. That was really fun, unexpected, and uh, when I rented the place, the Met, <laughs> they informed me once I got HBO into the show and we were hanging the lights and stuff that I'd only rented the apron of the stage. And we got in this huge fight, myself and the Met, before, and I said, well, that's crazy. Why would I put Robin on a 10-foot stage if you're at the Metropolitan Opera? I want to see the whole darn place. And uh, so after some discussion and arguing, they said, okay. Uh, I suggested maybe if uh, when we open the curtain that we don't see <laughs> the set. You know, they, they, the, uh, the opera was opening two days later. They never showed any of the set pieces to any audience until opening night. So I said, well, we'll just turn everything around. They said, what? I said, let's just see the back of it, the cutouts. We'll take care of what Robin does. Robin will figure out what to do with all that. And this was, uh, I don't know, morning of the night of the show or the night before, whatever. But if you look at that show, you'll see you're just looking, you don't know what you're looking at. You're looking at the blank cardboard, the backs of a stagecoach. <laughs> and Robin made it all fun. The DVD is called Robin Williams Comedic Genius. There's a new deluxe edition, so much material, raw stand-up footage, late-night talk show visits, HBO specials, good stuff. David Steinberg, manager of Robin Williams, a privilege and a pleasure to speak with you. Trust me, it was all my pleasure. We'll be back. So we have really given you sports and pop culture today, which is typically what we promise here on the Yak. I think we've delivered a high-quality Friday show. Well, I don't know about that, but we've delivered something. <laughs> we've given you something. Something to listen to, perhaps on your way to a high school football game tonight. I, I feel good about that. Uh, do you see that they're doing some construction uh, and getting ready and doing some things in the hallway? No. Every room in the building gets a security camera. Really? No, but that's what our engineer said to me, and let that hang for about three <laughs> minutes. So he and I are going to have words once we get done with this podcast. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Can, uh, have you had your piece of blackjack, or well, are you no, about to have it? no, because I will have it at, I would not chew on the air, uh, like some people, apparently. Um, but to... Don't rob me of my joy of watching uh, you. So we had a discussion. If you don't listen to our radio show in the morning, first of all, shame on you. Secondly, on the Pulse Morning Jumpstart this week, 
It was brought up that I am an aficionado, a devotee, a maven, if you will, of blackjack gum. Uh, it is a gum that was, uh, well, it wasn't even really popular back in the 70s either. Uh, it's made by the same company that made T-Berry gum, if you're familiar with that. And uh, it can be picked up at uh, at certain candy stores, like the Walker Roos Dime Store. There's a candy store down in Warsaw that probably carries it. It is not something that uh, you'll find commonly on the shelves when you check out at the grocery store. And uh, I like blackjack gum because it's got that licorice taste to it. I like licorice. I like black licorice. Um, so with that in mind, I'm opening up the wrapper now and putting the first stick from a fresh pack of blackjack gum in my mouth. Does it take you back? Jack? That's good stuff. Yeah? I didn't see... Was the color of the gum black? It's kind of a grayish. Okay. I feel like this is a good blackjack song, even though I don't think they sing blackjack. No, they say get back, Jack, but do it again. But it sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah. But no. In my mind, this blackjack, it just hit a 21. (laughs) All right, I feel good about this, Chuck. I feel like we can move forward into the weekend. Uh, you got your high school game tonight. You got your college stuff. Sunday, what do you? I mean, what's a day of Sabbath for you? I, I, I tell you this every time that we have a high school game and an early home game. Sunday is made for total collapse. Total, total collapse of the heart. Yes. Turn around, bright eyes. Oof. I thought we had hit a high note with the show. Now I'm not so sure. You can reach out to us via social media on Instagram, Sports Yak with two Ks, Twitter with two Ks. You're on Twitter at 46 Sports. You can email us, the Sports Yak with two Ks at gmail.com. You can always call us too. Leave a comment at 574 210 7950. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Dan Marino. Sports Yak! You've been listening to Sports Yak, brought to you by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events available at und.com slash buy tickets. And by Pyramid Equipment. Think Pyramid Equipment for your snowplow needs, sales, services, and installations of residential and commercial-grade snowplows parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid offers military, police, and firemen's discounts. Find us, PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Everybody get out of here. There's a lobster loose. Oh, holy cow, he's loose. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.